Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. Honest Abe here with my trusty cohorts, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco, and the goat, Alex Tavella. Man, did I pick the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Ahoy, ahoy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's an intro. Yeah. Uh, Reference? I don't know. Oh, wait, I know what it is, too. Oh, terrible. It's a movie, obviously. Terrible. Give me a hint. I ain't going to give you a hint. Someone's going to get it. One of our, uh, one of our yeah, friends. Yeah, I'm scrolling through the comments, but nothing. Actually, they're I behind. So. The wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Is it a Bill Murray quote? No. He's dead, actually. No, though. He's dead. Nope. Uh, there it is. Bill Murray's Jeff dead. Walsh. Jeff Walsh. Uh, airplane. No, the, the guy who said it. Oh. Airplane, yes. What a week. Yeah, we got a bunch of people. What a week it was. You know who would have gotten that quote? He whose name you shall not say. Another yeah, reference. he would have. <laughs> he would have got that quote. In a what a week. There's a lot of great quotes from that movie, man. Classic, classic. Oh, oh I grabbed a cigar last minute from my my vault behind me. I didn't. Is know, it I a white label? I haven't tried one of oh, these. This was a TGS. Uh, no, that's. It. Oh, you cut it already? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I already cut it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was a TGS. Uh, I guess the re the reallocation or the last allocations of the uh, CQ two. I think it is. That was a good one. I haven't had it, so I'm going to try it. Anti goat actually sent me one of those. The uh, speaking of the anti goat, wow, still have it very nice. Is, I still have mine as well. He sent this all coast. He this, made this, those? Was, this was when he was just Vince. This and he was, you know, yeah, this he, is when he was just still just Vince, yeah, yeah. before he took on his alter ego. He, he insisted, I was gonna uh, say. he insisted on sending a bunch of uh koozies for everybody who packed the great smoke boxes, um, wow. during the great smoke. So, wow, that's pretty cool, yes, yeah. yeah. I think we should have had Alan Rubin on this week. It's been a very interesting week for the fake Alan Rubin. Well, tell me what what is the deal? What why did I yeah, mean the goat unleashed everybody on? This was the, his instigation. Well, Alan Rubin has definitely, I think, been the most popular person on the uh, Smoke and Social Facebook group this week. So essentially, it but stems from mistake. no, not by mistake. <laughs> so it stems from a conversation we were having in in the whereby chat and. Um, Alan Rubin let it be known that he doesn't actually, although he is a member of Smoke and Social and other cigar and, groups, and I'm, I'm letting and this out there post. post for all you Facebook cigar group admins, 
Alan Rubin actually joins groups and then unfollows them so they don't show up on his feed because he says... Why would you join a group then? Well, so he can look and check in whenever he wants, but it doesn't show up on his feed. So I said, in order for Alan Rubin not to miss out on some of the great stuff going on in the social group, let us all do a social experiment and let's tag Alan Rubin in all of our posts so that he can then... Be notified when posts go up and smoke and social, therefore not having an excuse to miss any posts. And, uh, yeah, it went rampant, man. It was great. You know, Alan Rubin got tugging everything. So, I mean, uh, you know, he complained about it. I'm saying it was probably one of the top five best weeks of his life. I, I don't know if he's ever had that much attention, <laughs> you know. So... Did you, see know. My po- did you see my post this morning? I did, yeah. He threw a little weird shot at me last night. Um, some, I guess he, he claims were cultish. So, you know, I, I fired back and yeah, but I took your image. I, took your I image. saw that. I saw your image. And now we have a singing, dancing fat bastard, Alan Rubin floating around. I saw on that. Facebook. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. Too much. Happy birthday, Alan. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you, man. Yes. Everybody. Let's wish Alan Rubin, the fake Alan Rubin, the fake Alan Rubin. Alan Rubin of very happy birthday, Santa Clara fame. Apparently. Mark, I, Mark, you know, I you know that is a good idea, Mark. I will do a uh, video uh, in the near future of everything in the vault, though it's a lot. But right now, it's like it's in disarray, so I'll wait till the next time I organize it and I'll unload whatever's in the bottom section there, so I don't have to get on my knees. I'll put it on my desk and we'll do a video of what's in the vault. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I spoke to Alan Rubin, the, the other Alan Rubin, the fake Alan Rubin, uh, during the week because I was out of the loop with what was going on because of the craziness in my life. And I was like, what what did you what did you do? Do you like are you okay? Like who did you piss off? He goes, I didn't do anything. Ah, blah 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 blah. And then he told me this whole story. I was like, Wow, man. I was like, first of all, don't just never if you're gonna do that, don't tell anybody. Why would you go and tell everybody? Now, I mean, he's still getting tagged. I, I saw him all day yesterday still getting tagged. This is going on for, what, a week now? Yeah, so, I, didn't re- I didn't put an expiration to the social experiment. So, you know, feel free to tag Alan Rubin, the other Alan Rubin. Although I have to say the other Alan Rubin is almost becoming the Alan Rubin. We talk about him more than we talk about the actual Alan Rubin. Um, my question is how many accidental tags went to the real Alan Rubin? I'm sure there were a few. Hopefully he <laughs> Now, in my head right now, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you watch shows and they like rewind and you hear that sound, that's what's going in right in my head right now because I want to rewind a little bit, Paul. The craziness in your life, you share, oh, yeah, due to the craziness in my life. I'd love to switch one days with Paul. Yeah, Do, do me a favor, tell me the craziness of your life. Uh, we are, I will currently, as you can see, I'm not in my normal home office. Maybe you can't tell, but I am. Yes, in... there's no unmade bed behind you, so we know you're not in the normal place. That's well, there point. is, because because last night, instead of sleeping on an air mattress, my air mattress was deflated by my sister-in-law's cat as we walked in last night to her house in Georgia at 11 o'clock at night. Apparently, okay. the cat wanted to sleep with me. So you're in Georgia. I am in Georgia right now, making the trek up to New York. We're going to do the summer in New York again. 
and oh, so you're not here. You're not here all summer. All summer, Paul the aristocrat is until enjoying, August. He is enjoying the summer in the Hamptons, of course. The aristocrat. I'm sleeping in my parents' guest room and my mother-in-law's guest room while we're there. It's not like we're renting a mansion by the beach Alex, or anything. You know, yeah. our lives are so unhectic that we should just be able to leave for a whole summer, not have to worry about anything. I can't even leave for a weekend. Oh, first of all, summer. first of all, I'm going to be working. I'm, I'm working while well, I'm away. It's what you call work, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I feel like you haven't and worked then, since COVID started. Seriously, <laughs> go ahead. And then we uh, we decided we, we're building a house, as we discussed on the show, that's not going to be ready until the fall. But I had an awakening a week ago that I have a bad feeling that in the fall, the housing market's going to crash because of all this uh, tax talk with capital gains and whatnot. So since we're going to be out of the house for two months, we took everything off the walls, staged the house for sale. So had to do a bunch of work in the backyard. So for the last 10 days, we've been cleaning up the backyard, cleaning up the inside of the house, taking things off the walls, moving furniture around, stuffing stuff in closets in the garage so that it's showable. And in July, we'll be showing the house um, while we're gone. So we don't have to get the kids and the dogs out of there every time we show the house. Now, if it sells quickly, which we think it might, uh, then I don't know what we're going to do, but because <laughs> the house won't be ready till October at least. I'm hearing that rewinding sound again <laughs> in my head. You were sleeping with a cat? No, I came into this room. And there was a cat Listen, that was on your I bed. I came into this room. She has, she has two cats. She mm. has two cats. So cats seem to like right you. Now, Cats love me, I guess. Oh, but so you are a cat person. It, it was on the air mattress, and it was kneading the air mattress and popped it. So I got to sleep on the floor last night. While, and this on top of all of this, I thought I might have COVID because I've been coughing and sneezing and all this stuff. And you took a so road trip to to across state lines with COVID that you well, thought you had. I don't have. I, well I don't have COVID. I don't have COVID. I ha I was fully vaccinated. So uh, I just have an upper respiratory infection for which I have uh, antibiotics for. And uh, here we are. Listen, man, it's I was going to ask your opinion. This is a true statement like this is not no show talk. I was going to call Abe and ask his opinion about whether or not to put the house up for sale because we don't have to sell the house for the new house. Right. So we, we did that purposely, like we stayed within a certain budget and all that so that we could just keep this house, move the kids over without interrupting their lives and then sell that house as soon as we're moved out. But I had like this epiphany that, I don't know, I was freaking out about the housing market. So I was like, you know what, if we can sell it, we'll try to get them to close later. And if they won't, we'll just figure it out. Like we'll find a place to stay. So I was going to call you with your opinion, Abe, because I felt like you would have said, keep the house. Don't worry about it. But I was exactly what I said. You. Keep the house. Can't go wrong. Look, yeah. I, I kept every house when I moved to Florida as I moved. And the only thing mm -hmm. I finally had wits end about it was dealing with tenants. Because Right. That's my, Ronnie, that's my issue. Ronnie, yeah, but I was I had two other houses. I had two different tenants. It was a nightmare. You know? Right. So it's, and, yeah. But I, but I went many, many, many years. It wasn't a nightmare. And then I just had like a year and a half, two years of like the worst tenants ever. And I'm like, I'm done with this, right. fuck this. And especially because yeah. Emily had left me and Ronnie had left me. And they kind of really kind of handled a lot of that crap. Right. So, right. They were um, yeah. So I, I didn't even, but, but one house in the current market and whatever, uh, I, real estate's not going down. And when it goes down, it goes back up. If you don't need it, if you don't need the, the income or, you know, the money right now, 
I don't think you could park money in a safer place than putting it in a house, especially where your house is. You're in a good you know area. The problem is, though, we're going to need it eventually because I'm going to want to do stuff like put in a pool and stuff like that. You know, the new house doesn't come with a pool. They don't do pools in this new build. Then you, then so you, can, I was, then, then you sell it. I mean, it just, you know, yeah. it just depends. But if you cannot sell it, I mean, I don't know what your mortgage situation is. I'm sure we're not going to talk about this publicly on the air. But, you know, <laughs> you, you, you it could generate revenue that will lead to those things, too. And you could always borrow against the house if you want to do that. I mean, there's financial ways to be savvy about it, Paul. But I, 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 if, I if you could find a way to keep it, I would right now because – I don't see real estate. We're gonna see. I don't see real estate going down soon. I there's just no way. There's too many people still moving here and and coming from out of state, and I, I just don't see it happening. So you had an awakening in the, at the same moment. <laughs> I guess so. In yeah. the middle of a COVID scare. <laughs> yeah. Abe, you can also add Paul to the list of people who text me and ask me where to go get a COVID test, and I give them the easiest place on the planet to go get a COVID what test. What is with that? And they go Alex, somewhere else. Uh, Alex wait, 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 it closes it. at 6 p.m., though. It closes at 6 oh. p.m. I was, this is a guy I that works from home. It's there. like he's got a fucking schedule. Seriously. I, I have children. But, but we, we, we say work. this all the time because throughout COVID, we've had employees who thought they were sick. We need to go. Get, and Alex has a connection of probably one of the best labs in town. You can show up. they at test eight, there, right? Not they even that. No, no. It's all in-house. You, you come up in your car. You don't even have to get out. They walk. You call them. They walk out. They do the test, and typically you get an email by the end of the day. And that's not the right. speed test either. It's not a rapid you know? test. Yes, so. it's not a rapid test. And you'll get the you know the 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 result by the end of the day next morning. Like 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 clockwork. These guys are, are th right. these are the guys that are processing other people's. Right. I was going to say this is probably where right. my place sent it. Right. And 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 every time. Every time he gives the contact out to somebody, nobody goes there. It's like mind-boggling. Is that true? No, I, w I was fully planning on going there, but they closed at 6 p.m., and I wasn't going to be able to get there by 6. That was That's the only reason why. They open so, at 8 a.m. What is going on in your home. life who works at home that you can't get in the car and drive five minutes from where you live, literally 10 minutes tops, between 8 and 6 p.m.? I was listen, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. All right. It's listen with the kids and work and and getting the house ready. It was I was on a time crunch in the last ten days, but we did it. You know, we're in Georgia now, and uh, you know what we do is we kind of stop along the way. So we stop at her sister's house in Georgia. We have family in uh, Charleston. We'll stop there for a couple of days, and then we'll make the long trip up to Long Island, and I'll be there until. Uh, August, but first, for I think August first, we're gonna head head back down because uh, Axel starts school this year, preschool. So, just according to here we go. To, according to Apple, I, I sent Paul the address at eleven a.m. Just to say, to say. But I was Apple. working all day. Twelve, one, two, three, four, five. I had about seven hours to get there. So. What is what is going on with Chris Daniels? Do you see this? Like he keeps coming it's, it's, in and it's off. A and it's, and a, it's, it's a Facebook thing. thing. It's not doing it on mine. It's a Facebook thing. Mine just stops comments, honestly, for some reason, for like thirty minutes, and all of a sudden posts them all up. Yeah, that's so strange. But yeah, very interestingly, today we started our week by our, you know, Italo, our dear friend and head of shipping department, collapses in the store. We take him to the hospital. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. Good. I want to hear about this. He My just God. collapsed. He's still getting test results. He's been home. He's been discharged. He's not clear to work. He actually stopped okay, by yesterday. It was good to see him. Um, but, you know, we just want to make sure before he comes back that the doctors, you know, 
clear him and he's okay to come he's back okay. to work. Yeah. But um, then Wednesday night, I, I had uh, my first accident, and I can't tell you how long. Um, just completely. Well, tell blind. us what happened there because you were you were on your way home from. Work. I was on my way home. It was really funny. I was on my way home. I'm in the car, and you know our operations guy Matt. You know, he he, he like it's kind of like a ritualistic thing. You know, sometimes we'll just like wind down, and he'll walk me to my car, and talk. We'll talk about what's going on in the day, and you know, sometimes we'll stay there for like you know five ten minutes just talking about stuff. And um, it happened yesterday, Wednesday. I even said to him, "Man, I wish you had just talked to me for three more minutes. Right. Three more minutes." I literally came right. out of our complex right here. I'm at the light to get on Gateway, and I was actually on the phone with Ronnie Haysha. True, <laughs> oh, no. true story. I'm on the phone talking to him. He had tried calling me twice during the day. We had a hectic day. Um, shipping has been working literally double shifts. Um, so anybody who's watching us who's a smoking customer, uh, be patient. Um, they're they're they are working diligently to get all the Memorial Day sale orders out and orders that came in after that nights and weekends not just yeah nights and weekends so um you know we're hoping to hopefully be caught up by middle hopefully you know tuesday wednesday of next week um especially especially if italo comes back uh that'll be a big help too because we've also been a man down in that department um so i'm on the phone with ronnie Um, i'm at a light gateway boulevard is a major intersection very dangerous on one side guys are right by 95 there they're barreling out on 95 people come off 95 like they're still on 95 it's like down and on the other side and on the other side it's a bend you're literally it's a turn right. that comes there's a it's a street that comes around a bend to turn so it's but i'm waiting at the light i get a green arrow so i start coming out and i start you know when you're turning left you start looking left you know mm-hmm. and next thing i knew it felt like a train hit me you know um I just got in the car. My seatbelt wasn't on. My head ends up being on the floorboard of the passenger side. The guy hit me so hard, and I got a big truck. It it spun me over the median into two other oh cars. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, into two other cars. And by the time I'm able well, – first off, my phone is flying somewhere. During all right. this wreckage, the rolling, the turning, the smashing and smashing again. Ronnie's Ronnie, still talking. Doesn't even break I'm stride sure, in the conversation. So oh my God. My windows are down. I'm I'm talking through the car speakers. So I'm on the floor trying to get my orientation back. And Ronnie's having a conversation with himself that everybody could hear. And I'm <laughs> I'm looking through the phone. This goes for at least, I mean, you know, when you're in those situations, you're disoriented. So it felt like it was an hour, probably at least a minute, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. I'm looking for his phone. Right, this guy's right. just having a conversation. And if you've ever talked with Ronnie, Ronnie could talk to you for probably about five minutes before he realizes that maybe no one's on the other li- line anymore. You know, he just, right, right, right. Keep talking. I finally managed to find my phone under the car seat, and I just said, "Bro, I've been in a wreck." I hung up. <laughs> and um, by the time I got back, eighty times. No, no, he texted he's me. He's probably still okay. talking. Probably. Yeah, he's probably still talking. Right. So, <laughs> by the time I got out of that car, there was no other car. That car never slowed down. I mean, you want to talk about the low of low, right? What kind of person you are, what kind of human being you are. This guy caused a three-car pileup and didn't even hit the brake. Didn't There was no wow. brake sounds when he hit me. So he was coming off a gateway. There's three lanes there. Two, car, two lanes, our cars are parked waiting at the red light. This guy obviously is in a lane. 
that either he thought he was going to beat the light or whatever, or wasn't paying attention, but didn't even hit the brake. Goes through me. They never caught him. It was a, a great, oh great. There was two witnesses. It was a great, you know, when you get out of the car too, of something like that, I don't know if I did something. You know, at first I'm right, like, did exactly. I do something wrong? Because, you know, you get an arrow, you act. Right. Was I looking at the wrong light? Right. That, yeah. Right. You, you act, you know, without even thinking about it. I'm like, did I just make a turn without yeah. an arrow? You know? And then I, you know, by the time I got, and the reason why no one chased him down, because when I got out of the car, I'm looking, I'm trying to see, is this my fault? All the cars are still there. And so the light just right. turned. So no one could have even followed this guy to get his license plate number. Because they can't get through the intersection. But they'd have to blow off a red light. Right. It was right. I mean, they were there for at least a good like couple minutes by the time I got out of the car. So um, they, 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 you know, oh they, no one chased him. And it was, it was a gray old model Cherokee. Anybody in Boynton Beach, if you know a friend yeah. who's got a gray old model Cherokee that's got a lot of damage to the left front quarter panel, let me know there's a reward in it. <laughs> but yeah, this guy literally took off and uh, never stopped. And, uh, you know, I thank God I got a little nose bruise over here. It's already going away. And uh, just really jacked my shoulder and neck, but nobody. I was gonna say you must, you got to be sore. I'm banged up, like I played a football game, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the two other parties, knock on wood, were okay. You know, they they got the secondary heat of the damage, but they were okay. And um, you know, the guy's still at large. What really bothers me about the whole situation was the cops got there lightning fast. Now, yeah. somebody claimed that the car that hit us, they, they could see it. He had, like, pulled over, I guess, either to check the damage of his car to see if his car was drivable. And as the cops walking up, I'm telling him, hit and run. There's the hit and run guy. The guy's ignoring me, yelling, please step back towards your car. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to tell you. There's the hit and run guy. Guy never does shit. Guy gets back in his car and takes off. Wow. So he, so he knew. I mean, it wasn't like he was wasted and didn't know that he hit something. He was no, no, no. I mean, oh, no bro, even more. if you're fucking wasted, you're running into an Escalade. You kind of know you hit something. You got yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Tim Chi says it's the the rumor is he's the guy that stole the mega soccer squatch from the store. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he didn't want he didn't want to call attention to himself. Yeah, you know what I called him show. But we got an interesting guest today. Um gonna be coming on at 11 so you know stick tuned uh, you know if you're a big fan of this guy this guy's got a great following he, uh, guys who think he's hilarious we have actor and comedian Vicky Bedetto coming on um should be good it's gonna be coming on the second hour after the break Alex were you able to get a hold of Sokka is is, is that gonna yeah, happen Sokka, no he refused our request wow because of the Quite, connection uh he probably yeah yeah, he's, he just wants quickly. To, he refused he, our request. I think he just wants to wait till he gets back to be safe. We don't want to, you know, wind up going in and out and whatever rant he plans on doing. Yeah, Saka had posted on his own that he was going to do this live broadcast of an envelope that we had sent him twice. Twice. We sent it twice, um, and then started texting us like. At night, hey, what are we doing? We're like, what are you doing? We don't have no idea what you're doing. You made a right, post. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, what are you doing? We were reading it like everybody else. And then um, <laughs> his Wi-Fi there was real bad, so he decided to punt. So Alex said, hey, maybe you should just come and do it live on KMA this Saturday. And he punted. Didn't want to come on the show. Yes, correct. Correct. He, To his defense, he was very busy. He was taking a trip today. 
Oh yeah, I think he had to go over to Halapa or he's going something. To Halapa. Yeah, so he's kind of on the road, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Could have just been a punt. Yeah, excuse, might, but who knows? That's true. That's true. It could have been an excuse. Yeah. He, I mean, he he does he know what's in the envelope? No. I'm gonna venture to say no because he's been so busy. I mean, if he if he was paying attention a little bit, he might have figured it out by now. But he's been so busy, I don't think he has a clue. He won't know. I think. I don't know. He's a savvy. I I think he knows what the envelope normally has in it. But I don't think I don't think he knows about the gold envelopes at all. He might not. He might not. He's been and 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 he's very cautious, thinking that we're duping him again with something. Yes, Vince, we we sent it twice because the first one they claimed they never he never received. So it showed delivered. It showed delivered. But so never got there. Some USPS employee has a gold envelope. So he he goes through the trouble of bringing it to Esteli with him on his trip, which he was commenting on through, you know, throughout his trip on Facebook and then won't open it while he's there. So he's going to bring it all the way back to the state. Well, he's, yeah, he's a little worried about the, um, he's a little worried about the Wi-Fi and whatnot there. Understandable. Yes, Coop. He is in Nicaragua. Didn't we say that? But he... I mean, yeah, we weren't yeah. talking about Jalapa, Georgia, Coop. I'm just saying. Is, is Coop on? Let's bring him on early. I want to talk about his trip. I asked him to come on. I have not gotten a response from Coop. Yeah, you're you're watching now. Let's talk about your trip. we got another half an hour to kill before Vic comes on. Yes. You know, I, I, you know we so tried. You Coop, just, right? just so you know, you know, we actually tried because he was in town. Um, we tried to get Vic for the Great Smoke we 2020. It was, it was the very last minute. We don't know. We even, our, our, our reaching out to him actually even got even to him. Even got enough. to anybody yeah. was supposed to, yeah. Uh, so, really? yeah. Okay. But, uh, it was you know, I, I had the pleasure of having dinner with him and Vinny and a couple other guys that are shooting the, the movie down here in Miami, Graves End. Um, which, by the way, Perdomo Cigars is like all over that movie. So it's very, all very right. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I got to sit next to him actually personally. I had dinner next to him, and, and that's how we got him on the show. So it'll be a very interesting show. Uh, I'm looking very much forward to it. If you haven't, if you don't follow him, follow him. His comedy is actually pretty good. Yeah, Paul, Paul, do you follow him at all? Do you, do you have you watched any of his stuff? Yeah, I was a. I I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but I was a huge fan of his since he did that milk and bread skit. Skit, so because you know how it is when in uh, in the Northeast, especially when a snowstorm's coming. I mean, if they just say it on the news, you go to the you go to the store and there's no milk and bread, completely empty shelves because everybody's stocking up. Everybody's you know grandmother. Why milk? I don't know. They won't be able to go out and get it. Right. So you got to get bread and milk. You got to get bread and Vic. Vic's great. His uh, his YouTube rants are you know top notch. You know he's a great ranter for sure. Maybe we can get him on one. We'll see what happens. I wonder if he's got like a split, a spit splash screen on his dashboard on his car. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen him do videos, man, with his spits just flying out when he starts yelling. He gets very, he gets, yeah, he gets very heated sometimes. He but does. He, uh, we have some some cool background on him too about what he did before and and uh, you know a couple of his big breaks. So it's going to be cool to talk to him for sure. Um, I. I uh, in, in full disclosure, Coop is watching, but he's not answering my texts and he's not logging in. What did you do, Paul? 
Did I you know, critique maybe, him I, again? Probably. It never goes Did well. Did you critique well, Coop again? Probably. Coop, we Paul, formally Paul apologized on behalf of Paul. About a month ago. And, yeah, you know, it's never been the same. The relationship, I didn't critique never been the same. Him. The relationship has suffered since then, honestly. I didn't critique him. I gave him a suggestion based on my years of experience on something and not about cigar reviews or, or his writing or anything like that. I gave him a small little, it wasn't a critique. I wasn't like saying it was bad. Was I just it something you learned at daddy daycare? <clears throat> no. Was but it something you, know you learned at Disney? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but you know, what's funny. I gave that daddy boot camp uh, textbook to the my brother-in-law who lives here he's not here he's away for work but we brought it here for him and i was looking through it because I, I never my wife's not here i never opened it i we didn't do the daddy boot camp that day because nobody Shocker. showed up for it and, and i never read it but i was looking through it today and I, <laughs> let me tell you something I, I should probably post a couple pictures from it because there's some weird stuff like it's just i don't know it's stuff that you really should just know you're right like there's a lot of stuff in there that you should just know. But in my defense, Wait, did you I had right? to diaper before. Did you say I'm right. I did say you're right. Okay. I did say you're right. There's some cool stuff in there, I guess. But so unnecessary, Paul. Ah, well, did you, you say know. in your defense you never changed a diaper before? I had never changed a diaper before, and I wanted to learn how. And I wasn't going to try on somebody else's kid. I wanted to watch somebody do it. You wanted to learn how to change a diaper. Alex, did you know how to change a diaper before your son was born? No, but it's two little sticky things. I mean, it's not a. I complex... didn't even know that. I didn't even. I didn't really know exactly. I don't know. You think you would have to? I like, know you're supposed to wipe bobby pin the two sides. You, 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 you know, know. You, you know. You know. The have you ever box. wiped your own ass? I mean, you know, it's kind of. <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, the diaper box really, comes you know, I, with instructions. And I was I was nervous about if I had a girl, like you know, you got to wipe a certain way and up and down and whatever, like you know. Just Coop's go doing with, a machine reboot. Just and go he's with the grain, on. Paul. You go with the grain. <laughs> I mean, I would trust Alex's opinion more than yours. Oh. I changed more diapers this morning <laughs> than you. That's fair. I changed two diapers, maybe four tops. I you said four. Yeah, I said, said maybe four. four tops. One of my kids got shorted. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> One of them got shorted. <laughs> Uh, it was probably for the better. You know, when you have four, you can't remember. True. Now, I'll tell you a funny story, though. My parents, oh, I should have bought them. You guys would have got a huge kick out of them. Maybe I'll post them on Facebook later. My my parents came to visit Thursday. So my mom used to have this double frame all right, of me. And one was I was probably literally five months old. Looked like a Gerber baby. I'm, I'm literally posing like unbelievably. And another was me probably at the age of two and a half, maybe three. And I had long curly hair like down to my shoulders, which is a whole other story within itself. Um, so I, one of my trips over the last 10 years, this is when you know your parents are getting old. One of, one of my trips over the last 10 years, I, I saw this frame. And, you know, these, these are pictures are almost 50 years old, 45, 50 years old now. So. You know, they're stained, they got holes in them, they're brown, they're discolored. So, and they're eight by tens. So I bought them back to Florida and I had them personally retouched up, redone. I mean, and they look like they were taken yesterday, brand new. So after, as a gift, I had given my mom these two pictures redone because I took it from her house. <laughs> so my mom, they come to Florida, she, she's like, I bought a surprise for you. She had 
I guess, found the envelope that I had given her eight, ten years ago. Forgot I had given it to her. Thought she had just found them. And she thought they were the original photos. She framed them and bought them back to me as a gift. <laughs> and re-gifted them? I'm like, Mom, I gave you those as a gift. Those are yours. So I'm like, you didn't realize like how stellarly like modern and new and recent these photos look like? Yeah, so she's like, she was like, oh, I oh can't believe God. I just did that. Yeah, so she wrapped them all up. She's, but at least she framed them now, and I know they'll go up. But right, right. That's funny. She oh, so she, she did take them back. She didn't just. Oh yeah, I have I have the same ones in my house. You know, from my you know my kids to look at and whatever we made them. But yeah, it's literally me at five months into it. I'm I'm gonna when I go home. I'm gonna. Yeah, I want to see those. Yeah, I'll put them face back to back. I'll post it on KMA and the socialite group. Can you tell it's you? Yeah. Like like even some if, babies, you look at them and you're even like, oh, five, like even, even at five months old, seriously, I mean, like literally, this? huh? Dude, were you doing this? <laughs> all I could say is, all I could say is, you would think that the I was the Gerber baby, literally, same pose. <laughs> I have the exact same pose as the Gerber baby. That's great. It, you you look, the, you missed out except, on a career. Except I think they got me to do this or either this, like at, at like five months old, six months old. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. Big head. You're probably walking at that point. Big head. Right. Big right. head. Wait, 80 pounds. Yeah, I know, literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Ruber's watching, by the way. Just want to point oh. out that Alan Ruber's watching. Hi, Alan. Happy birthday, Alan. By the way. <laughs> another, oh, yeah, if, if, if everyone... Go well, ahead. Just, no, I was just going to say, another interesting uh, cigar-related thing is the Pope has hit. There are still some left. Not much left in mine. Been enjoying them. Ooh. But yes, there's still some of these left. If you haven't had a chance to try it once, I highly recommend it. If you were a big fan of the original run, basically everybody I've talked to says these smoke phenomenal and pretty much are on the ball from the original blend. Um, check them out. There's still some left. So in cigar news, I just a lot of ha a lot of happy birthdays for Alan right now. He's on, a birthday by the way. boy. Coop is on. Yeah. Bring him on. Let's see how his road trip. Hey guys, good morning. Sorry about that. I I had I had a, I had to the machine, and I, you know, so my apologies, and I would have been at sooner. Now you are officially back home. I got back home. Yeah, I got back home Wednesday night. And tell us about the trip. Thirteen days wasn't enough, from what I read. Yeah, uh, I mean, so you know, there were two parts of the trip. There was the first part where I was in South Florida, and then the second part I was in the Orlando area. The Orlando area was family vacation, which we really haven't done family vacation in about two years. So, you know, we had my kids down there. We had my wife's brother down there. My father-in-law's down there. Um, and we typically rent a house um, in between Orlando and Daytona Beach. It's the same house we rent every year. Um, just because my whole clan, it's it's too much to stay at someone's house. Um, and we don't want to stay at Disney. So <laughs> so that part was very Never. much family vacation. Um, I just I went to Jeff's store did a show. I went to Hustler's uh, store, and I did their show, and that was pretty much it. I didn't do any cigar stuff on the Orlando leg. Really? Yeah, really. It was uh, it was family time with that one, yeah. I, I do got to say, Coop, you're looking pretty schnazzy in that shirt today. That's kind of a fancy my, my schmancy. Pro, my, my pro cigar shirt, yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, it's the pro cigar shirt, yeah. Schnazzy. You know, 
No, no, so it was good. So, yeah, I mean, literally when I saw you, I was coming up from Miami to drive to uh, Orlando. I was on my way to Orlando after we were at the store that day. So was I. Of course you, you were in Disney. We didn't, we didn't, you were in you Disney, were in Disney yeah. Paul. You were in Disney, Paul. Well, I listen. was in Disney, and I got a free night, and I stayed another night. Wow. How cool was that? It was, like, it was like Vegas. So, Paul, what are you going to do? What are you going to do a whole summer without having access to Disney up in New York? I mean, this is serious. Well, I mean, this is a sacrifice you're making. About that. That's a good point. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I am not a fan of Disney in July and August. One, it's when everybody goes there. But two, it's so hot. Like, listen, I love Florida. We, My home will be Florida forever at this point. But July and August are tough in, in Florida. So June, July, August, I could do without those three months. It's kind of like not dealing with like November through uh, February on Long Island. You know, like I, 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 it is, you can't go outside. It's hotter at night because the humidity is so high. It's just, it's just too much. So if we can, if we can work this out with the kids' school schedules for us to be up there every summer, I would love to. I mean, we're not at the point where we we're able to afford like buying something up there, but uh, would we rent something? Yeah, we'd probably do what you do. I don't know if we'd do a B and B for, or whatever you call it, an Airbnb for two months, it'd probably be too expensive, but, Indeed. you know, especially during the summer. But, you know, for now we have, we, you know, our families have big enough houses where we're not impeding on people too much to be there. So I don't know. I enjoy the summer on Long Island. Why not? I work from home now. So, it, you know, we could kind of be anywhere. I could go uh, visit the Posners in uh, Alaska if I want, really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with my day job, I have, I have this, a similar type of uh, thing I can do as well. Um, this trip actually Did you funny, move was, to where you are because of that, Coop? Because y- of your job? Yeah. Well, it was not like get, well, the problem was I was working in I was living in South Jersey and commuting to New York, and it was a two-hour That's commute, and it was um it was it was a lifestyle thing, and I was paying about fourteen grand in taxes. This is thirteen years ago, so fourteen grand in taxes is a, is a lot for, and I was like, I'm not happy. So there was an opportunity for my day job to go to Charlotte, and I took, we took it. You know, we took the opportunity because, um, and it turned out I'm really glad I did because I probably wouldn't have never gotten an opportunity at the time with the company I was working for to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's 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 a definitely a lifestyle change when you leave the the rat race as they call it in in the big cities, like commuting into Manhattan but every day. You, you haven't moved I mean, with kids yet. Abe, you moved with kit. No. I, I've moved in Florida with kids, but it's when I came here, moving I was with kids. yeah, it's hard moving Listen, with kids. I'll just I have I have to commend my incredible wife, yeah, who literally moved us twice, moved us twice while I was out of the country or I was away. Like I, I had I had two long trips. One was I think a week, and one was like two weeks. And like I had gone, the moving started. I came home. We were in the new new house. God bless her. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you marry right. No, oh, I agree. My, my wife, yeah, my wife moved us. She had the logistics of the move from uh, New Jersey to North Carolina. I would never have been able to. Which do is it. not an easy move. Which no. is not no. an easy no. move. No, no, we, we, we had four kids. We had four kids, and they were, um, you know, they were younger back then. Yeah, moving is by no. I mean, listen, she handled the move, but it's still chaos even after you get in a new place. Mo- yeah, Alex just did it recently. Moving's never a. There's no fun experience. Yeah. No, there's tied nothing into moving. fun yeah. about moving. Nothing. 
I, listen, I said to my wife, after this move, this is it. We're done until we until we retire and move into a condo. You're and retired then. now. <laughs> well, case, I am. I'm kind of reverse reverse snow uh, snowboarding, aren't I? Oh, no, I am snowboarding. I guess that's no. I'm, you're snowboarding, Paul. Yeah, you're snowboarding. Yeah. You're so snowboarding. I, I don't I don't know what to expect in our second hour and how long and how things might go with Vic and whatever. So Coop, I, do you have the the scoop with Coop? Do you want to hit it yeah, up before yeah, the break? We can, we can absolutely case, do it. In case it, we go long with Vic or, you know, we're on a yeah. roll, I, I don't want to cut you short. No, it, there's not a lot, but why don't we do it now? I'm, I'm totally right. game with that. Why, All right. Can let, me do the, up, let me do the intro officially. Let's cue him up. Here we up. go. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Hear it first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. All right. Um, we have. Oh, there he goes. Yep. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go, Live please. From the hills of the Carolinas, it's William Cooper. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So, um, you know, it's interesting because this week um, there was. It's a slower week, and we get into this thing right now where we're starting to wait for products to be announced for PCA, and um, this is kind of where it gets to be a little bit of a chess game because. There's agreements that are made with a certain publication that we won't name um, for exclusivity. So, you know, you're trying yeah, to. You know, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but there have, but and then there's announcements from companies that maybe aren't going to PCA as well. But there, there were a few things, and I think there were a couple that really caught my eye this week. Um, three, three, three things in particular. So, first of all, um, one of the longtime limited, annual limited edition series is the Camacho Liberty. So they have announced the 2021 edition of the Camacho Liberty, and that's that's a series that's been around for 20 years. I was going to say it's got to be 20 years old because I remember like 2002 was one of my favorites. Yeah, of that, yeah, that whole. It, yeah. And 2002 is the official launch year that they've had it. Um, so that was like this is like the 20th year they've done it. So. Um, and if folks aren't familiar, it's a, it's a release they come out with around Independence Day. They come in coffin, individual coffins. This year's release is a little different. So most of the time those releases have been those 11, 18 Figurados yes. um, that are kind of, you know, kind of puffy in the middle. This is They're going with a 7x48 Churchill this year, which I thought was interesting. Um, and um, that is, you know, that's a little different because, like I said, the 11, 18 has been the majority all of them of that. Um, and it's a uh, multinational blend, Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and fillers from Dominican and Honduras. So um, there's going to be 2,550 20-count boxes in each of those 2,550? Yes. What an odd number. What an odd number, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, the coffins come in 20-count big boxes, so there'll be 2550 of those. You can expect to start to see those probably around uh, the 4th of July next month. All right. All right. So this is one um, – this is actually one that was really exciting to me. Um, I normally don't get too excited about releases, especially limited editions, but there is a very – one of the great limited editions is coming back. Um, and it's been on hiatus for a while. It's uh, uh, the EPC, the EP Carrillo short run is coming back. So I was very, very happy to see that that one is making the comeback. Um, because when Ernesto Perez Carrillo Jr. formed EP Carrillo, 
Um, he, every year he would come out with a, uh, a limited edition series called um, The Short Run and do a few sizes of a, of a blend where he didn't have a lot of tobaccos. And he was starting to do those from like 2010, and he was doing them through 2016. FDA came in. He kind of put the project on hold. Um, but he's bringing it back this year, um, the short run. And um, what's interesting about this is he's going back to the old EP Carrillo packaging from when the series first started. Um, so you're going to see those black, red, and yellow uh, and gold bands that were on that on the original short run. They're officially calling this the Retro 2021. It's not clear if this is a retro blend or not, but it's definitely retro style. And the short run is going to be in three sizes, a 5x50 Robusto called a short play, a 6x52 uh, called extended play, and a 6x60 called long play. So it's kind of like going off the theme of music, which people know Ernesto was a drummer. Um, and uh, these cigars should start hitting the stores in about a week. So me, uh, you should... To me, that sounds like maybe some old packaging was found. It's that's huh. well. Hey, look, we've seen it happen before. <laughs> hey, you can't. Uh, you I mean, can't look, deny that. Don't, don't get me wrong, because I don't want to say anything out there. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying the cigars are old. I mean, you can make brand new blends and cigars. But you know, if I'm a manufacturer and I come across some, you know, we change our pack. I come. Up, oh, I wonder what we could do with the. These bands are hanging around. Yeah, got to do something with them. Better than throwing them out. Yes. Yeah. But I like it. Sounds like they're putting it to good use. No, I, you know, even Pete Johnson was very forthright. He came out with this thing called the uh, the MBS FK, which was a, a short little uh, tattooed monster based on the Freddy Krueger blend. And he basically said he had the extra Freddy Krueger bands, and he wanted to do something with them. So yep. he put it on this little uh, little um, little size cigar. So it, it has happened. It, you know, it, I mean, it happens, about that happens. It happens all the time. Why why throw stuff out if you can put it to good use? Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, you know, nothing gets wasted in the cigar industry for sure. Nope. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Nor should it. No. Nor should it. Right. Yeah. No. Nor should it. So, um, you know, go figure. Exactly. What else you got, Coop? Uh, last one, and this is again kind of a. Um, it's a line extension, but it's it's actually a line extension off my 2018 cigar of the year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Jerry Tobacco has the Aladino Corojo Reserva line. Um, it's kind of a bolder uh, Honduran Corojo Puro that they use bolder tobaccos. Um, it's become one of the more successful uh, lines. They are adding a box press Figurado, which is the first box press they've done in this particular line. And that is starting to ship retailers as we speak. It's a 54 by 6 and a quarter size cigar. I was smoking it. Right after I did the show from Justo Aroa's office, it's it's very very good. Ten count boxes. It's a pricier cigar at sixteen dollars, but um, you can start to see those at select retailers in the next few days. So those are shipping. Cool. Yep. So that Anything that's the news for this week. On? Very that's very light week for news. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. That is the scoop for Coop. Um, make sure you. Is Paul there? Paul's texting. You can't do both at the same time. No, no, no. no. <laughs> hey, hey, I got a question for you. Actually, it's kind of news because I was asked this. If, I may miss this. Pope of Greenwich Village sold out, right? No, 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 no. no. Oh, it's no, still no, available. No. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's like under maybe 80, 70 bundles yeah. still left. The majority of it is gone. Yeah, uh, we got we've got some put away a little bit for us for maybe some future projects or vintage room, but. 
yeah, there's still some still available, but it, it was a phenomenal sale. It was a great launch. A lot of people who were big fans, you know, Pope was one of those things that kind of had its little cult group following. Yeah. Um, and especially in the, I think Kevin Shanahan honestly stirred it up the most. You know, he started talking about it. He loved the cigar, and then guys who had had it remind remembered it because you know it's been about five years since the first launch. So um, there was a nice turnout, and they've been landing everywhere. Uh, everybody so far has been very happy. We, all the feedback we got from everybody has been great. So um, once again, another another great project uh, with Drew Estate. We're very happy and excited that we're able to get this out there again. I'd like to do it again. I mean, honestly, I mean, this is another one of those cigars, if we could convince them, that I wouldn't mind seeing an annual drop like Red Meat Lovers. Yeah, I, and I tell you, Only I because it. literally it's my favorite, like, Vitola of our microblend series. I mean, this is this is my size. I got this lined up to smoke right after the one I got now. I mean, this is this is my size. This is the cigar. This is the size I personally now enjoy the most. The furthest size I would have enjoyed the most if you talked to me 15 years ago, but... This is where I'm at these days. If I actually smoked it the uh, night I got to Orlando. You'd give me a couple of them, Alex, and you gave me a couple. Of them. And I can tell you, it's it was as consistent as I remember that cigar um, right. when it was first released. I mean, it, really, it, really, really, they did a great job on keeping that cigar uh, to to what it, the essence of what it was meant to be. Um, and I agree. I love the size as well. I thought it was a great. I thought it's it, normally I like a little more of a ring gauge, but if I'm gonna have a forty. If I'm going to have, because I'm known as a Lancero hater, right? So, but I actually like when a Lancero is a little shorter. So I, I kind of, uh, it's a 40 ring gauge, and I think it was, I think that blend worked perfect with that format. Got to hand it to the boys over at DE. Um, yeah. Before we go to the break, got a quick question, because I've been struggling with something like the last couple of weeks, right? No, it's not a big deal, but just, I, want, I want to see if anything comes to mind to you guys, because this is like something that I continually go back to. Is there something you miss in the world today since post-COVID? Say it again. Like, is there something you feel that you miss that hasn't returned to normalcy or part of your daily life and you're like, man, that has changed because of COVID and it still hasn't gone back? Yeah. Yes, there is. What I'm is afraid it? to tell you because you're going to make fun of it. It's something Disney-related. We know what it is. It's not. It's not Disney-related. What is it? I, my wife and I are, are entertainers. Like we like to have dinner parties, you know, have people over. And even if it's not a big dinner party, like have like a big group of friends over. I've never been invited like, to one of these. Have you, Alex? That's a lie. That's a lie. You would I never haven't either. have been. In, never got invited. And I've been Alex, invited to your kids' parties. I have a child and I've never been invited to Paul's kids' parties. <laughs> <laughs> no, I invited you to the last party, no. didn't I? Oh, you did not. I didn't even know you were having a party. I I just I knew I that Paul, we weren't having a show because Paul had to go buy balloons and shit. I'm pretty confident that, that might be true. Coop, that might be true. I've never been invited. You I've know, never been invited. Well, Coop, Coop oh, lives God. 300 miles away. What, I, mean, I, would make, I will make a trip for a Paul and dinner you, party. You, you owe that? Coop. You owe Coop, especially for whatever it is you did to him. That no, that was all cool. That was, no, Paul didn't do anything. Really? I heard about that. No, 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 no. It's okay, Coop. It's okay. You don't. You don't have to be political and nice. We 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 know. We see it. We feel it. No, but no. it's all right. We, 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 <laughs> no. That, no, so Paul, Paul but, dinner parties and and hosting people at his house. He doesn't invite any of yeah. us to get it. Coop, how about you? <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm starting to get it back, but I, you know, obviously, I did miss the uh, in-person um, road travel um, that I was doing for a long time. You know, I'd always be in different places, 
Um, and not that I liked to the, the physical act of traveling, but when I got to the destinations, it was key. And, and, you know, look, I'm changing a lot of that right now. Um, I've changed a lot of that. You know, I do some of it, but now I'm a little more careful, you know, and not, not as much anymore. So that, I don't think that's ever going to get back to normal for me. I mean, I know, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I don't think I'll ever get on a plane again without a mask. So, really? I, yeah. I think wow. I think there's a potential population that's going to wear a mask forever. I mean, I, I'm sure. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'll wear forever. You, you didn't see me wearing it a lot down there. I mean, so. No. But I, you know what? In an airport, I always wanted to wear a mask, right? And, you know, I always felt. Oh, you always get it. sick anyway. You always get sick anyway. Every time I go get on an airplane, and even that's times when problem. I was yeah. flying, you yeah. know, 20, 20, 30 times in a year, I always got sick. How about yeah. you, Alec? Anything? No, I mean, listen, honestly, down here, it's been kind of, I mean, we're pretty much completely back to normal. So it's, I don't know that I really miss anything at this point. It seems like we're, we're back. But I'll tell you what I, what I don't miss. Um, I don't miss, I live on the second floor, and I don't miss getting all the way down to my car and in the car just to realize I forgot to put a damn mask in my pocket. And I have to turn around and go run and find myself a mask because I can't I even keep it. I keep one. I keep one on my rearview mirror hanging all That's the time. That's what I do. I, I do the same thing. There just, just so I don't do that. I'll tell you what I've been missing, and then we'll go to break, and then we got Vic ready to come on. So it's going to be an awesome hour too. But I miss movies. Man, they are holding them all. They are holding them all back. There is no good. Me and my family love movies. Weekends, my wife and I and the kids will get on the couch. There is nothing being released. I mean, like nothing. I mean, forget the, even just the theaters, which we would go to if anything good was playing. Even just at, at home, there's nothing. They're all B-rated movies, and, you know, they're okay, but there's nothing nothing great to watch. I, I'll tell you, I, I can't agree. wait for that to go back to normal. Right. I agree. All right. Yeah, I mean, they, I know people that have gone to movie theaters, and they're empty, you know, because they're open now. I don't mind that, but tell me what's worth going to a theater for. Right. There's no right. – there's no – Nobody's putting them out. They're all, I mean, I, I can't blame them. They've invested a lot of money. They're waiting to, you know, put them out when people will go to the theaters. But God, man, yeah. it's like there's nothing out there. It's dry. It's bone dry. All right. Yeah. So listen, everybody out there, stay tuned. Hour two, Vicky Bidetto. It's going to be an interesting show. We also got the season two of Tale of the Tape and That's As right. the Record Spins by Alvo Cigars, all coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Currently available at your favorite cigar store, the Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua is another fantastic collaboration between A.J. Fernandez and Rafael Nadal. Landing a number one cigar of the year of 2020 by Cigar and Spirits magazine, the Reserva Real Nicaragua is handcrafted at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez. This Nicaraguan Puro is a medium to full-body cigar that is packed to the brim with flavor notes of leather, coffee, and red pepper, which pairs nicely with a spiced rum. Available in four sizes, Romeo y Julieta returned to prestigious form with the Reserva Real Nicaragua that should be enjoyed by all. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Commercial time. Oh, God. Oh, how nice to see you here when I'm sleeping. 
you know, Honest Abe likes originality. He doesn't like repeats. And I like to sleep with a glass of Bonner Private Wines next to my bed so that when I wake up in a cold sweat because I forgot to do something for him, I have it here to relax myself. It really is good wine. See, Bonner Private Wines is a partner with KMA Talk Radio, and that means they're a partner with you. You can try any of their wines by going to kmawines.com. You can try their three-pack wine sampler. You can also try one of my favorites, Sunal. It's from the third highest vineyard, altitude-wise, in the world, 8,950 feet. And it's delicious. goes well with a great cigar. So check it out. And I'm going to go back to sleep. And hopefully Abe will not yell at me today. But first I'm going to finish this. Okay, you guys can go now. Okay. You don't see the teddy bear, right? No. I didn't expect a new a new clip. No. But I do have but I do have to tell you I'm analyzing that one a little more now, right? So do you, do you love like the it? Clyde's Maids t shirt doing the Bonner wine What's commercial. What's the wine commercial, yeah. I, I, I hope you got I hope you got a little like side money or you know right. something for that because I, right. I actually didn't even I was literally in bed and Stephanie's like, Did you do a Bonner commercial? I was like, Oh fuck. Thank me. you, Steph. <laughs> trying to at least let him do his job if it wasn't for her. And we didn't have any wine left or wine open, so uh, a little movie prop that was uh, Coca-Cola that had gone flat. It works. Looks <laughs> so like wine, right? The other thing I was going to ask is, okay. did I see your wedding ring like around a chain? No, it just lay. I have. I wear. I take my jewelry off at night. I, oh, so okay. I, I laid it on top of. Okay. It. I was like, are, oh, you no. one, are you one of those guys that wears his wedding ring around your neck? Because that was going to open a whole new can of worms. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. a sure sign that that that, that marriage is over. Right? When they do that, I've <laughs> right. seen that. All right. I know, I know a guy that's been married for 20 years that wears his wedding ring around his neck. It's Dude, I, that, yeah, don't get that. Anyways, um, let's not waste any more. Let's let's play a Meet Your Maker intro because the maker it's, of comedy, absolutely. he's the maker of comedy. And uh, let's get on to our very special guest of today's show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. It is our honor to bring to KMA Talk Radio, Mr. Vic Dibitetto. Vic, welcome to the show. First of all, I just want to say thank you for saying my last name right. Thank you. <laughs> Which is amazing I because, I mean, in what? What do you know? Whatever you met, Vic, it was a couple months ago, Abe, and you immediately got his name right. It's eight years later, and he still can't say my name. Well, he, he's a man of significance. I have to get his name right. I was right. just going to say. Fair, fair enough. How can, I not, enough. how can I not get his name right? So, Vic, thank you for joining us uh, on a Saturday morning. Uh, love having you. Um, you know, one of our first questions is, uh, you, you refer to what you do as donkey comedy. What is donkey comedy? I'm the donkey of comedy. The donkey of comedy? Yeah, there's no other comic working as hard as I am. I'm doing this 35 years, stand-up. I started at Pips Comedy Club in Brooklyn, New York. I'm doing this so long, the first night I went on stage, Andrew Dice Clay was the MC. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. my God. <laughs> and people think I'm an overnight success. Uh, uh, success. I'm not. 
I mean, I've been doing these videos since 2009, and one of them happened to go viral in 2013. That was Bread and Milk. And I built my following using the social media. Here I am, the 60-year-old chooch who used the social media to get a following. And it's it's been great. I have over a billion views, a billion views with all my videos put together. I have 2 million followers on the social media. I'm co-headlining with Dice. I'm doing shows with Dice. I'm in a TV show called Gravesend. That's where I met Vinny. And I got this, this opportunity. Vinny asked me to do this. And everything else has been great. You know, the pandemic came. That threw a wrench in things, but it could have been worse. There's a lot of guys that, you know, they had to give up comedy, get a day job. I was able to get through the pandemic because of my live performances, which would, would totally wiped out my calendar. That's where the videos came in. I monetized all my videos, and it got me through. And now my calendar's booked up again to the end of 2022. Nice. I'm I'm blessed. I'm really blessed. God bless. God bless. So you 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 seem to relate to your fans. And I think a lot of it is because one, you say a lot of things that maybe not many people want to talk about, but you do it. And I think you connect with a lot of it. Did were you always that way from, from when you were young? Were you just that open spoken about how you felt about things? No, you know, you know what it is? I guess the pandemic, you know, it's it made me think and put everything in perspective. I, I, I talk about social issues. You know, some people are saying, oh, you remind me of George Collin, which is a big compliment, believe me. But, I mean, he was my idol. Don't even put me in his league. I mean, as long as you don't say, uh, I remind you of Paulie Shaw. That, that, <laughs> but, but then people turn when I talk about, right away it gets political. I've been called a libtard. I've been called a Republican, a conservative, a commie, a Nazi. How can I be all of them? People, I call out both sides, you know, and I and it relates. I did a, a video called Message to the Government when the pandemic first started about the, the $1,200 stimulus check. That went viral because it struck a nerve because I say what people are thinking. Right. You, you basically comment on stupidity it's, no matter where it's coming from. Break. To get away from the comedy, you know what? You know, oh, you you should stick to comedy. Who the hell are you to tell me what I I could talk about? Why, Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, Richard Pryor? They never they never spoke about social issues. If you don't like it, don't watch me. That's all. No, it's the truth. And um, I was gonna say what, what I do like about you is that you call out stupidity no matter where it comes from. You know, yeah. it's not like you know, and and that's what I think what people relate to the most. And watching you because I think there's a part of society that just doesn't want to acknowledge the stupidity and the complete and utter insanity that goes on in the world today. And God forbid you disagree with somebody or you're not on their team 101%. Forget it. You, you, what happened to the old days? You know, you, you, you agreed to disagree. I have Republican friends. I have Democrat friends. I have Red Sox fan friend. I'm a Yankee fan. I get along with everybody. I don't. You, you have your differences. It's crazy. The, it's the world is upside down. I'm just, I'm just venting. This is my. This is how I, I vent and keeps me sane. Other than the comedy <laughs> on stage, you know, the videos is one dimension. The stand up is another. It's a, it's a release. 
it definitely is with a release and and and, and I, I i could totally relate My, i've said it before vic it just seems like civility has left humanity even just in simple things holding a door open saying thank you everybody's just I, I, it's crazy i mean i'm 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 not that i'm older i'm not that old but just how i grew up till today it's amazing how people have just lost the ability to be civil. I, I, I can't even watch the news anymore. I, it's I don't watch the news. I'm the same violence way. Violence and negativity. And uh, like you said, you hold the door up to somebody. Don't even say thank you. You know, I, I, I dread getting in my car, driving anywhere. It, and it's all over. It's not just New Jersey. It's, I, I've, been, I've driven all over the country. I hate driving. I, I hate people. I hate to say that. I just love my fans. You know, I, I, I do what I got to do. You like me? Fine. You don't want to follow me? Don't follow me. But don't go on my page and announce that you're not following me. Just don't follow me. Who cares? I don't No, care. no. No, no, no. They need <laughs> to tell you. They have to tell. At the end of the day, it's my fans and my family. That's all that matters to me. No, there's this part of society that feels compelled that oh, they have they to tell to you how yeah. they do not like what you're doing. It's not good enough. For them just to move on and say, I'm not a fan of this guy. They have to publicly tell you how they're not your fan. You know, if I don't like a restaurant, I don't go back to the restaurant. I don't do a review on the restaurant. That's all. Just move on. They want attention, you know. And me, I'm old school. You know, I'm like, you know, you know what it's like. The old days, you got a problem, meet me outside in front of the house. You know, this keypad <laughs> warrior, I, I, the, the Italian comes out in me. I just want to reach into the computer. <laughs> People. I can't help it sometimes. My manager says, just, just don't acknowledge, because once you acknowledge, they win. I've, yeah, you know, I've, ta fuel. I've taught that to my kids. I said, the worst thing you could do to somebody is erase their existence from your universe. Yep. Make believe that they don't even exist on or this planet. Ignore them. I'd rather, yeah, be, that, I'd rather be told, go fuck yourself, than be ignored. Absolutely. I agree. I completely agree. So, you know, you talk about your old school, and I, I just want to share a story because I'm I, I'm an observer of things. I catch minutiae, details, moments in time. And I had the honor of actually sitting down at a dinner with Vic. We actually sat to my right. And because I want to go back to your history and how you grew up that led to where you are today. But I'm going to tell you, there was a pasta dish that was served at the table. And I don't know, I'm going to know if, if Vic will remember what it was. But when he saw it on the table, I saw this man transformed into like a 12-year-old boy. He was so excited about it. He couldn't believe it was there. And, he, you know, we, everything was being passed around. So, you know, he, he, he put some in. And then it sat there for a while. And, like, no one is is anybody wanting the rest of this? And he took it. And, I, and literally, Vic, you became a whole different human being. I felt like I was really looking at you. And you were like a 12-year-old kid. Do you remember what that dish was? Linguini with white clam sauce. No, it was the pastellinis. Where was this? This was at Cafe Monterano's. Oh, my God. That's right. They served the pastellini. But, I saw you transfer. You couldn't believe they served it. They're like, I'm, is that pot? Did he make pastellini? And you got so excited. And you were like a 12-year-old <laughs> boy. I was watching you. I just you, you transformed in front of me. That place blew my mind. That place is a restaurant. A disco and a movie theater, all in all one. in one, all in one. Ooh, kept coming out. I mean, at one point, uh, Steve made eye contact with me from behind where he cooks, 
Yeah, he was cooking right next to us. I was waving the white flag like, I give up. I I can't. And he goes like this. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Let me tell you, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. I never had food like that in my life, honest to God. And people say you get good food in Florida. They don't know what they're talking about. What was it about that dish? Where did you go when you were eating that? Because you went somewhere. I watched you, man. You were like, seriously, he was like reminiscing like he couldn't believe. It was almost like this dish is not worthy to be served in the restaurant. Like he, he was in shock that he had served. Because I guess it's like literally the most basic well, Italian that, dish you can make. That took me back to my grandmother's house. We ate in the basement. And you had a picture of Jesus Christ shaking hands with Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about upbringing. You know, these kids today, they, they don't know. Me and you, we, we are the last link to the greatest generation. You know, it, it's, it's, it's really, I told my wife, you know, after we go, you know, what's, that's it. Where, where do, my mother-in-law, she's 85. When she goes, it's just me and my wife. And, you know, my kids, they're, they're in Scotland. I got two beautiful kids. But they don't they don't know. They can't relate. You know, they were small. They were babies. But it brought me back to a time. It was a different time. It was a different country. You know, it was, uh, it is what it tell, is. What are you going to do? Tell, tell us about your youth. How, how did you grow up? Big family, a lot of kids. I was the, the baby. I had an older brother and older uh, uh, sister. We lived in Brooklyn. My father was a garbage man. Everything in my house was from the garbage. We had a wow. We had a chair with three legs. Instead of fixing it, he said, "Put it in the corner. It won't tip over." You know. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn. I moved overseas to Staten Island. I got married. <laughs> I had two kids, and now I live in New Jersey, which I I love it here. The weather's not like Florida. One day it's forty. Today it's going to be ninety. You know, nowhere is perfect. But up to me, I'd, I'd be in Florida in a heartbeat. But my wife doesn't like Florida. Forget Every time I go to Florida to do shows, I come back. We, we have arguments. I, I, I was just watching a Memorial Day weekend video. I thought you'd be on the way here. Oh, we lost. I said I was just watching a Memorial Day weekend Facebook video. I thought you were already on the way here. <laughs> you know, people, they actually believe some of these videos. They don't realize <laughs> that I'm acting. That I'm comments you i do the yankee locker room where i pretend i'm the manager and i'm talking to the yankees some people think i'm really in the locker room talking to the yankees (laughs) getting back to what you said before about stupidity in this country it's just it's it's scary it's really scary i i've made the comment vic i said you know you grow up and you're kind of afraid in the back of your head of dying oh i'm gonna die one day and uh, and i've gotten to the point now where like i i don't know if i want to even see what society is going to be like 50 years from now Do i my- mean it's it's i have no idea but i don't like it and i feel for my kids they're gonna have to grow up in it exactly. honest with you. So, well I, I won't have grandkids my kids told me they're not having kids oh okay kind of understand why they're not gonna have kids who the hell wants to bring a kid into this world but you know what? I'm just a goofy guy. I'm trying to bring laughs to a world gone mad. You know, the best compliment I hear is, man, you get me through my dark days. You got me through the pandemic. I watch your videos. It's it's just, it's good to have some laughter. You know, like last night I did a show. It was just, I do meet and greets after my shows. And it's just, it's so gratifying. You know, it's, it's just nice to see people happy. You know, it's nice. It's gratifying. It is. What's when, it like in the clubs now, Vic? Are people are people showing up? You do, yeah, 
New Jersey is 100% now. It's no more masks. It, last night, was, it was great. It was great. I never thought I'd see this day. Florida, when I was in Florida, I said that the, the state motto should be, welcome to Florida. What pandemic? <laughs> Port Charlotte. I did a place called Vasani's. And now I'm going back. My manager books me in Miami in August. I'm like, what are you thinking? Oh. Why don't you put me in Vermont in February? <laughs> I'm doing the Fountain Blue. I'm really looking. Oh, nice. Really? Nice. Yeah. Oh, so, that's a great place. Love Florida. I do the Boca Black Box in Boca. I do Port St. Lucie. Uh, we're working on the Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. I sold it out in Atlantic City a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and the Hard Rock, they're all over the, all over Florida. The one in Orlando, the one in Hollywood. I definitely, hopefully, I do one day. I love Florida. I really do. I, you give me the sunshine and a margarita, and I'm a happy guy. And a cigar. What's your favorite cigar, Vic? You're going to laugh. Promise you won't laugh. I promise. Uh, and I can't promise, but I'll try not to. I like acid. Okay. No, acid's a good cigar. Good cigar. I, I no. tell somebody to smoke cigars, they look at acid. Yeah, I like acid. That's only the aristocrats like Paul. Right. No, I smoke Cuba Cubas all the time. I just don't talk about it for the same reason. Mild cigars. I don't like that. I like mild cigars. I don't like to get a headache by the time I'm done. How did you get into cigars? Who got you into cigars? My father. May he rest in peace. I never actually smoked with him. He he died in 1988. Wow. On his birthday, I said for for I you know for this is for you, Pop. I had a glass of wine. And I smoked a cigar, and I was hooked. It's so relaxing. It is. It's, it's my, therapy. You know, people say, what do you like to do when you're not performing? I love when I got the hose in my hand, and I'm watering the plants and smoking a cigar. Oh. <laughs> it's the simplest thing sometimes, right? Exactly. When did you know, or when did, you know, growing up, I mean, I, I don't know what you did as an early career, or if this was what you were working on early on, but when did it become apparent to you that this is something that you wanted to do or wanted to pursue? Well, first of all, I drove a garbage truck, a dump truck, cement truck. The wow. latest job was a school bus. I drove a school bus. That's why I said the donkey of comedy. But, you know, it was like every other comic. I was the class clown. I used to make the kids laugh and the teacher turned them back. And, you know, fast forward, there was a Pitts Comedy Club having a, had an amateur night on Wednesday. And a friend said, why don't you give it a shot? I went on stage. The needle was hooked. You know, I, I'm i like, wow, people, are, this is great. And then I started getting paid. I'm like, wait a minute, you can get paid to do this? <laughs> kept, at it, kept at it. Fast forward, you know, I'm not wood. I'm selling out theaters and casinos all over the country. It's just uh, the fruits of my labor is finally paying off. You know, I'm 60 years old. I never gave up. I never surrendered. When you have a passion for something, you know, I, I tell people, no matter what it is, just, just you can't give up. You got to forge ahead. You, you, you know, it's a brutal business. It's not who you know. It's who knows you, you know? Right. That's a good saying. Right. Well, that's a that's a similar story to I mean a little bit different but but to Rodney even right I mean he didn't he didn't really become he, famous he, until he was in his late forties right until his mid fifties yeah you know? and he and he sold aluminum siding yes I once drove my listen to this story I once drove my garbage truck to Dangerfields in Manhattan and I told <laughs> yeah. the manager if I pick up your garbage can you give me stage time 
I parked the truck, threw the bags in, went on stage, did my act, went back in the truck to finish my route because my route was on uh, Midtown Manhattan. Come on. Oh, man, that's a tough route, yeah. How to do that? You know, it's it's funny because, you know, my kids struggle. They want to do things, whatever, but they don't understand, and I struggle with it sometimes. That's the mentality. If you want to do something, you have to find ways to do it. You can't, nothing's coming to your doorstep. You don't open your door one day coming out of your house. Oh, look what was brought to me on a silver platter. You have to make your own opportunities. And it's just me and my manager. It's just me and my manager. I got the greatest manager. He took my career. I mean, what what he's done for me. And it's just me and him. Every day we fight. We fight the system. It's, you would think. With the following that I have, that no movie producer or a, a TV executive would wow, we should put this guy in a sitcom. His, his following's career would transfer to ratings. So that's why I use the social media. I do, I'm my own writer, director, producer. I make my videos. And I got, I got, I got more eyes than some people who are in a sitcom. I have a huge following. Right. Social media, you know. I tell you, without the social media, I, I wouldn't. I have the following I have, you know. Absolutely. Would you would you equate like your your big break into TV and film? Would would you say that uh, when when because there's a funny story about how you got on Paul Blart Mall, Mall Cop, right? Didn't Kevin James call you personally? Yeah, I'm in a hotel room in Albany. I'm doing the place called the Comedy Works. I'm in the hotel room. The phone rings, and it says caller ID unknown. Whenever I see that, I don't pick it up. Okay. <laughs> I picked it up. Yeah, who's this? Hey, Vic, this is Kevin James. I'm like, who the fuck is this? He starts, <laughs> he starts laughing. Now, we started together years ago in Long Island. You know, we weren't buddies, yep. we weren't friends, but we, we knew each other through the circuit. Now I'm putting two and two. I'm like, holy shit, this is Kevin. Now I'm like, I'm like Ralph Cram. I'm like, I got a part. Not an audition. I have a part for you in Mall Cop 2. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, send you the script in 20 minutes. I'm like, holy shit! Now, now I got now I got diarrhea going down my right leg. I, I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> the script comes, and I'm scrolling to it. My character was, was Gino Chizetti, and in one of the lines, he used the line that I do for a character I do. My Tony Gaga. Dude, I got a guy. You got, I got a, a guy. guy. He left that in the fucking movie. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Forward six weeks in Vegas at the Wynn Hotel. They put me up. It was what an experience, Kevin James, sweetheart. I mean, I, and but that's how it, that's what I was saying before. It's not who you know; it's who knows you. Absolutely. Like that, I'm in a movie. Same thing with, with with William DeMeo. You know, he's a fan of mine. Came to a couple of my shows. Boom, I'm in Gravesend. That's how it happens. You know, that's how it happens. I, I don't know know this or not, but Kevin James actually comes into our he store does. here in Boynton Beach and in Delray. So yeah. he actually is another cigar smoker. Did he sell and, and buy a house again, something like that. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. If he's <laughs> but when he would, he would, it, funny in Delray, he would pull up in a scooter, come outside, take care of him, and he'd take he, off back to his house. Regular guy. After each yeah. scene, hang out and smoke cigars. Regular yeah. guy. Vic, I got a question for you. We have a little bit of six degrees of separation. Um, Anthony Impagliazzo is a good friend of mine from South Philly. He, you did a movie with his sister, Monique Impagliazzo and Crystal Tini, Turkey Turkey Son. Yeah. How did that come about? That was great. And uh, Sherry O'Terry. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Monique is a fan of mine. 
same thing. She contacted my manager. South Philly. That's loves right. But let me tell you, South Philly is what Brooklyn used to be like. And it was great. We filmed on a, on a street. It was a name, you know, in between takes. I'm going in people's houses. They're feeding me. It's so great. And it, and I, it won a couple of awards in some uh, film festivals. That's awesome. I had a nice scene with Sherry O'Terry. Uh, Al Sapienza's in it. Uh, he's from The Soprano. You probably know this Al Sapienza. That was great. I think now you could, I don't know where you could see it, but that thing should have went further. I think not because I'm in it. Because I mean, it was great. The whole thing was great. That's awesome. Is 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 your hopes one day to have a sitcom? You know, I'd be lying if I said no, but look, I'm 60. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, I don't need, I don't even need to be the main star. Just make me the uncle or the, the guy next door. I'll be happy. <laughs> Kramer. Yeah. But if everything is the way it is right now, look, I got a beautiful house. I got a beautiful family. I'm healthy. I drive a Lexus. What, what more do I need? But I believe when I like like a sitcom or more movies, absolutely. Hopefully this Gravesend will take off. I mean, like I said, not because I'm in it, because I think this season two is going to be better than season one. Because from what I saw, the, the production, they put much more money. In, and Armand Asante is in it. Andrew Dice Clay. William uh, uh, William Rossi. Um, William no, it's a big Leo Rossi, I'm sorry. William yeah. I mean, that's a... Now he's got somebody from uh, Cobra Kai that's going to be in it. No, so it's it's this thing, this thing might be the next Sopranos, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, and I'm a regular member. I'm a. I don't have a, a couple. I mean, he put. I'm a regular cast. I mean, what a what a sweetheart. The guy never gets ruffled, never gets upset, and that trickles down the crew. And you you ask Vinny, the crew is amazing. It just I can't. We're filming again in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, I think July or August. We're not done filming yet. I can't wait. Yeah, it, uh, season one had gotten cut short, yeah. and they had gotten some uh, extra funding. And I heard season two has been phenomenal. Vinny's been keeping us up to date. That's you guys were filming. In fact, in fact, when I came and met you guys down for dinner, um, and and we've reached out to William. So we're hoping before it goes on Netflix, we can get him and some of the cast members on and just do a oh, big. Please. Big show right before it launches on Netflix and let everybody know about it and hopefully blast it out of there. But I, I've heard nothing but great things about season two. I can't I can't wait for it to start. Me too. It's it's a great experience. You know, I here I am on the set with Andrew Dice Clay, who I started with at Pips in Sheepshead Bay, and I grew up in Gravesend. I mean, how ironic is that? Because Gravesend, yep. a lot of people don't know, Gravesend is a section of Bensonhurst in Brooklyn. And a lot of mobsters, Carlo Gambino, they're, they're all Sam and a Bull. Everybody is from Gravesend, all those guys back in the 70s and 80s. Now, Vic, now, we Coop have grew up in Brooklyn. What's that? Coop, our, uh, one of our uh, news yeah. correspondents, he, he grew up yeah. in Brooklyn as well. Vic, we, we followed like the same as Brooklyn, Staten Island, Jersey. Yeah. And then I moved to North Carolina. And, oh, and my it's, it's uh, just outside of Raleigh. Okay, I'm down in Charlotte, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, Vic, where I'm, were you in Staten Island? Where were you in Staten Island? Uh, Rossville and Great Kills. Okay, I lived. I lived in Eltingville. Oh, my mother-in-law lives there uh, by Pastosa on Richmond. By Pastosa on Richmond Avenue. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the Pastosa truck? 
that used to go around to the neighborhoods. They had a truck, like an ice cream truck, and it would go around to different neighborhoods. With, with, oh, you get, you get pasta. Island. Oh, in Staten Island, a pasta, not an ice cream truck. <laughs> a pasta truck, exactly. Oh, that sounds like my dream. Uh, yeah. Paul, the last thing you need is more pasta. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting there, man. So hot here right now. I could cook pasta in my pool. Wow. Uh, we, we switched over to salt water, so it, it, it works out. <laughs> so, Vic, we have a special segment called uh, As the Record Spins by Avo Cigars. And uh, Eddie Guerra uh, from Avo uh, Davidoff poses a question to our guest each week. So I have a very special question for you from Eddie. And uh, we're going to go into that segment right now as the record spins by Avo. This is a, a special question for you, Vic, from Eddie Guerra. Is there a book or a life experience that helped shape your life? A book? Yeah. Did, was there something you read in your life or some incident that happened in your life that you felt was pivotal in shaping your life today? Wow. That's a doozy of a question. Yeah, that's uh Avo Avo asked the deep questions. Right? Yeah, that that's like ask me who do you like better, Pacino or De Niro? <laughs> when when I get asked that question, I just say watch Heat. Let me know. It was on the other night. <laughs> Let movie. me know. Great movie. Uh, I think that was I think it was the last movie where Val Kilmer like looked normal. Yeah. True. Something happened to him. I don't know what he did to himself, but god, that was, that was still when he was looking good. Oh man, um, I guess a life experience when I was on the garbage truck and I got an infection in my finger. I don't know if you could see it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That was the flesh eating disease. The next, I wake up the next morning, I had the red line going up my arm. If that went to my heart, I would have been dead. We went to the hospital, they, they, they debrided it and they, I lost part of my finger. But, you know, it kind of put everything in perspective. I mean, I, you know, when you realize you could have been dead and given a second chance, and uh, that's when I said, I got I to gotta pursue my dream, you know? So that's when my manager sat me down, and he says, look, you don't need to be doing this anymore. And I stopped being a working-class slob, and I did comedy <laughs> full-time. Wow, what a story. I, I tell you, I, I, I just said it this week. There's Sometimes there's no better life lesson than when you see your own mortality. Yeah. You know, it, it happened to my father. My father, th there was no childhood. They were raised farmers. They were 10 kids. I mean, I mean, they, they had no childhood. My, yeah. my dad was literally, um, they, they were a little village, you know, a little farm village in the Middle East, and they would have the missionaries come through with the priests and the kids, and they'd come through and recruit people. And they always said to my grandfather one day, do, do you want to send any of your kids to be a priest? My grandfather looked around. My dad was the closest one. He's like, yeah, take that one. And for two years, he went to the seminary to be a priest and eventually ran away because he couldn't take it. But, you know, they didn't have a childhood. So my dad worked 
that's all he knew how to work. And then, you know, he got me to go in the family business with him for about four years, you know, and I would yell at him. I, I would catch him on two milk crates sitting in an aisle, straightening out cans of corn. And I would tell him, go home. What am I going to go home and do? Go do something, anything. Ah, I got nothing to do to go home. He didn't know how to relax and enjoy life. Yeah. And then he he was an avid racquetball player up until his 70s. He, he loved playing racquetball. And he kept having a pain, and he thought it was from racquetball. And he finally got checked out, and he had a, a tumor in his kidneys about the size of a golf ball. Wow. Luckily, they took it out and uh, lost a little bit of his kidney, but Thank God, no no cancer, no cancer treatments, no signs of it coming back. But I'm going to tell you, that changed the man he was. My dad went from a guy who didn't know how to do anything to travel the world every year, now takes four, five, six trips, wants to enjoy every ounce of life, you know, before he leaves this world. And it, it sometimes those lessons change a human being. Let me tell you something, guys. People like that are like caribou, and the herd is thinning. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, my I learned good work, hard work ethic from my father. You know, he would get up every morning, never complain, day in, day out, supported a family of five on one salary. So I guess that's where I get it. That's where I get my drive from and, you know, my passion and to keep moving forward, you know, because what's the what's the alternative? Are you going to sit home and be miserable? You know, I, I, I'm I'm from your school of thought. I'm a product of my father. In fact, I, I say that's where I get my work ethic and stamina. This is a guy who just, they didn't know any other way. They were farmers. I mean, they did, they all worked, and one brother got to go to college. He went to the University of Chicago, flew overseas, became a doctor and a professor. But everybody else, uh, Taylor, Carpenter, uh, you know, they, they, they were all, you know, took trades. They all worked trades, you know, so... Um, you know, it, it, it's where we got it. And, I, and my job, Vic, I feel, and my goal is to do my best to instill that into the four souls I put on the planet. So that's all, I, that's all I could do. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know what? I, the apple doesn't, but sometimes it rolls a little. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fall far, but sometimes there's an apple that just rolls downhill for some reason. That being said. So, Vic, where, what do you what do you got ahead? Where where can people hopefully find you, see you? You know, I know you have a Facebook page. I'm a follower. If if you're not a follower of Vic's Facebook page, go do it right now because he's got videos up all the time. And half the time, I'm not going to lie to you, Vic. I'm having a rough day, and I'll just hop on and one of your videos pop up. Sometimes it's all I needed, man. I need a three minute. Yeah. Reality check, yeah. laugh a little, smoothes out the edges. So check him out on Facebook. But otherwise, what do you, where can people find you? What are you, what do you, where you got going on? The easiest thing is go to my website, vicdebatetto.net. But I'm there all, you go. I'm all over Florida. I'm all over, um, I got Atlantic City. I got Long Island, Florida. It, it's all on my website, vicdebatetto.net. You know, See, there's a work there's a working guy his his schedule is not even two seconds from his hand <laughs> no i'm old school i still got paper and pencil look at this love it i love it the you know, worst comes to worst i tell people just go to google and type in vic once you type in vic i'm the second most comic googled that most google comic second most something like that but uh you know you're going to be at Governor's? Governor's on July 10th, I saw. I think uh, we'll be on the island for the summer, so I'll be there. July 10th, Governor's. I mean, I, I could just rattle off all this, but it, it's all on my 
fan page. I got a flyer. I update my flyers. I got my website and, uh, and the videos. And, you know, the problem now is with Facebook, they're messing with the algorithms. Yep. Oh, yeah. We see People who have a huge following, they're, they're breaking our balls. They're, they're limiting my audience, which I don't understand. Because my videos make them money. Why are you doing this to me? So I tell people, if you're not getting notified, you have on your own have to go to my fan page. Facebook, you know, as much as they help my career, a lot of times I, I, I don't understand what they're doing. I, it's like my manager, it, it's like a chess game with them. Every day there's a different restriction. They put you in jail for the stupidest things. Meanwhile, you go on the, on the Facebook, they, they're showing fights, and, and I, don't, I don't understand. It's just a mess. Has, it have started. They, Sorry, Alex, go ahead. Have they ever canned one of your videos? Or you've oh, been lucky so far? Yeah. Copyrighted music. I even, <laughs> we always go to karaoke. We always use the karaoke. Right, program. right, right. We post, listen to this one. We posted a picture of a kid. He had his hand down his pants like he's scratching his ass. You don't see his ass. His hand uh, is his pants. We got punished for that. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> It started before the elections, and it's never gone back. It's been getting worse. It's you know. Then again, it's it's a private company, so you really, I mean, you got to play by their rules. Do I right. like? Yeah. No, but you know what you're signing up for. It is what it is. So we. It just, is it is huge, but it is private. Yep. We just play around. Plus, I got Instagram. I got Google Plus. The Pony Express, your sister's ass. I got all kinds of outlets. <laughs> you know, Alex Stern was the king of all media. I'm the prince of the social media. There you go. <laughs> well, Vic, listen, I really want to thank you. Honestly, I know you're a busy guy for taking time, coming out on a Saturday morning, joining us, talking to our fans and followers for a little bit. My it was It was awesome. I hope anybody who didn't know or didn't follow you, after this show becomes a big fan and uh hopefully when you come back down here in uh, august to film uh we can break some bread again and get some more pastelinis over from uh Monterano's. definitely that's that's the only place i'll eat on the on the east coast <laughs> that place is amazing absolutely you can't hey, go guys, wrong thank you i appreciate it it was a pleasure thank, thank you guys you. Thank, thank you thank much. you sir have pleasure a great weekend here. and best of luck my friend you too thanks again i'm gonna text Vinny Take now care. All right. <laughs> my hero. This guy's my new hero. What a great guy. Absolutely. Well, my hero. He's so down to earth. I'm telling you, having dinner and sitting next to him for a few hours. Like I said, I mean, you just he's just real. I mean, I think real. that's what he's, I think that's what resonates with his audience, you know. And when he yeah. got that, I mean, Pastellini is I think it's just like butter and pasta. I mean, yeah. I, it's, I, a, I, it's, I, a, it's a peasant it, dish. It's a peasant dish. It's a little it's a little, yeah, a little like pasta grain balls. balls. Yeah, little yeah. round pasta balls in butter. That's it. That's and I'm it. I'm telling yep. you, I saw this guy transform. He got so excited over this, and it was like uh, I was looking at a different person. So it was a very interesting moment. You know, yeah. sometimes you have those defining moments with somebody where you see a little glimpse of something. That was it when I was having dinner with him. I didn't well, know what message Paul. That you. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. is that what you were asking? Okay. Yeah, yeah. the milk and bread. I'm sorry, Abe. Go ahead. No, no, I didn't get it. What did you say, Coop? You broke up. I didn't know who he was until, oh. until you know, I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, he's the milk and bread guy, and 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 
Well, funny oh, yeah. story is I knew who he was, but didn't know who he was. So I right, caught a right. lot of That's his exactly. videos. I caught a lot of his videos in his car and screaming, and and I always found him funny. And then Alex walked in when we're you know we're trying to line up people for the Great Smoke. Nobody's working, you know. Nobody wants to go do shows. People were still freaking out. And Alex runs to my office. Vicky Potato's in town. I know somebody. I'm going to reach out. We're going to see. If we can try to get him. And I'm like, who's Vicky Potato? You know, and he's like, oh, this guy, you're going to be kidding me. I've been yeah. watching him forever. And, um, you know, obviously it didn't happen, but at least we got him on KMA. And uh, cigar guy, I uh, love his cigars. And it's it's always good to have guys in the lifestyle and share a few stories and moments okay. with them. So that was, that was a pretty cool interview. I like it. And, of course, and of course, Vinny knows him, too. So Well, Vinny knows everybody. Vinny's becoming like exactly. – I, 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 Do we lose you, Abe? Looks like we lost Abe and Alex. Are you still there? Yeah, it looks like yeah, we, lost we lost both Abe, Abe and I wonder Alex. If so, I wonder if something happened to him in the studio. We're back. I, I back? heard it. Oh, they're, they're, they're back. There we go. It, was yeah, you it wasn't we me this time. You. No, no, yeah. we can hear you. Something dropped here, but I, we can still hear the broadcast. So that was very weird. But, um, no, Vinny's becoming like a big Hollywood star. I, I keep telling him, when oh, you're yeah. ready to move to Hollywood, let me know. I'll buy my stores back. <laughs> all right so this week you know we a segment started not you know it was last year did we start it last year late last year or was it this year no this year early this year, this year. Yeah, so this year we started a new segment that just organically happened with the goat and uh, coop uh we called the tail of the tape and they had a hell of a first season you can go back to our older episodes and watch but every week they released their top 10 boxes of all time. And now it's time for season two of Tale of the Tape. All right, Paul, go ahead and. All right, kicking off season two of Tale of the Tape, top 10 professional wrestlers. Number 10 for me is Terry Funk. Um, Terry Funk has been wrestling for probably 85 years. I mean, he's been through every era of wrestling there is. The guy is a legend. He um, He's probably the godfather of what's known as hardcore wrestling in the U.S. I mean, he's been around forever. For me especially with Terry Funk, he was almost like, even in the era of 80s and big hair and flowing locks and this lavish, like Terry Terry Funk was like the, the working man's wrestler. And uh, not only is he a legend in the States, but he is like an uber legend in Japan as well. So he's definitely stood the test of time. Coop. Great pick. So I went with uh, number 10. My, my pick is Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, you know, Bret Hart, he, he was a former tag team champion multiple times, former intercontinental champion in the WWF slash WWE multiple times, and a five-time WWF champion as well. as I think he had a WCW title in there. Um, he came along at a time when wrestling was transitioning from, like, the family entertainment era to the attitude era. Um, he fought a lot of big-name matches um, at the WrestleManias. You know, uh, the Iron Man match with Shawn Michaels is one. The, that one unbelievable match with Steve, uh, Steve Austin. Right. Um, a great champion and uh, a guy who always fought very well. His career, unfortunately, I think ended, um, you know, that move to WCW was a bad move, I think, for The Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, after the Montreal Screwjob, too. Um, so, yeah, 
Bret Hart, good pick. Definitely a legend. Definitely a legend. You know, it's I, funny. I don't know. I don't know about Abe, but I don't know Alex's. I, I don't know Alex's pick. Oh, he's a legend. Terry Funk is the, the, the double cross ranch from Amarillo, Texas. From Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. Um, God, I'm almost afraid with with this uh, top ten because I don't know. Not everybody's really a boxing fan or knows enough to, about boxing to. Uh, you know, kind of argue, chime in. But, to argue the point. <laughs> God, everybody has an opinion on on wrestlers. I'm can gonna take some. Yeah, I'm take can you crap put that on bracket one more time? I want to take a look at it. Oh, they did a nice job. I like that. Yeah, go for good. Are you guys? Are you guys actually gonna try to instill the photo of the wrestler every week? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Nice touch. Nice touch. Coop, you got to get a better photo for that because Alex just looks badass, and you got like some corporate photo. You got to yeah, get him. Yeah, You should. You should see if you could pull. You could pull your battle of the bands. Just get that battle yeah. of the bands graphic or something yeah, there. Send me a there. photo. We'll switch it up. All right. <laughs> That's just too corporate. All right, we could do that. So, so how hard was it to do this? Since, like, really, statistics is not really something you can really use as a barometer on this. I mean, what were you looking at for this? I mean, entertainment value. I mean, what were you guys using as part of your rating system? Because, you know, the belts and stuff is all script, scripted stuff. So, you know, you can't, like, you know, I don't know if that was part of the equation but, or not. But you reach a point in the, yeah, the belts were a part of it with me, but you have to reach a point. In the um, promotion where they can, where you're capable of wearing the belt and carrying that belt out there, and you got to have the technical ability in, in the ring. I think, um, and and you'll see a couple of names I left off. I'm probably going to take some heat on a couple of the names I left off, but you know, I just thought they didn't fit either of that criteria. Yeah, I mean, same thing for me, and probably you know the bait where. The bigger category for me would have been relevance. You know, was this guy relevant and how long was he relevant? You know, like you said, you can't really, you know, the belts play a part because, yeah, you got to kind of have that power to have the whatever federation wants you to be a champion. But, yeah, it's a lot of personal preference for me. It's a lot of style, guys that could wrestle but that look good, that people enjoyed, that were relevant, that uh, that entertained, you know. A little different. I probably, actually, it was a little easier for me than, than boxing. To be honest, oh yeah, boxing had to be more probably very more technical and data right. And you're spanning yeah. from the you know 1920s and 30s, and how do you fit those guys in? So, no, but this will be a fun one though. You know, I'm sure people are yelling at us on the comments one way or the other. <laughs> you know, there's going to be no win with this. There's going to be no win. I know. I know. I think I'm going to get heat on my number nine one. That's why. So, Alan <laughs> Rubin, my list would have been made up of which wrestler drew the most money. Right, Alan Rubin has a. That's like that's like Alan. He judges everything on on how I was, you know. He doesn't they say anything on quality. It's 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 always how well it does. Oh, you know? I mean, you know. right. So it, it could be the worst movie in the world, but if it got like you know a hundred million dollars, Alan Rubin would say it's the greatest movie. Right, right. Alan Alan Rubin has really enveloped himself in the KMA smoking uh, verse. Absolutely, yeah, I didn't so. know it was his I didn't know it was his birthday till today actually. So I was a little behind, but yeah, I wish him a happy <laughs> birthday. birthday. So, Please so wish so Alan I Rubin a happy birthday. I just want to take a moment for our for our viewers. If you're a member of Smoke In Social, go ahead in our social group, post your pick for number 10 wrestler, and please make sure you tag Alan Rubin. 
in the <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and, and make sure you know it's a guy. Yeah, Actually, makes a lot of money. Otherwise, <laughs> send me, send me, if you have that graphic, Alex, send me that graphic. I'll post it up and let people yeah. see. Uh, yeah, see what their ten pick is. I think that'd yeah, be a nice good. interactive thing yeah. our fans could do every week. No, I think it's good too because I've I've actually been getting messages from fans over the past couple weeks when we announced this about hey these are my wrestlers and stuff so I think this will be a great yeah, way. we too. can't get everyone obviously on the show but it'd be a great way to kind of interact with them on that. Jeff Walsh is dying to get on the show. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's dying. He's dying he's, to get on the show. He's very excited about this season too. I'll yes. tell you that. Yeah, he makes he me is, nervous. He, he, nervous. And so is he, Daniel he, Lemus. Both of them. They're very yeah. excited about yeah. season two. Yeah. All right. Hey. hey yeah. Good, yes, good yeah, stuff. Go ahead. I was going to say, Alex, uh, anything on this fight? Uh, Sunday? Any, uh, this goofy yeah. Sunday fight? Uh, yeah, that's what I meant, I Sunday. Mean, I, uh, yeah, which, I, don't, I mean, it just adds to the goofiness that it's on a Sunday night. But yeah. um, I don't know. I just hopefully Mayweather goes in there and makes an example out of him. I, I, I hope <laughs> that he gets out of the business. Look, we all know Floyd's going to make a ton of money, and I get it. Right. I get why he would do right. this fight. But I hope my hope and dream is that he goes in there and – pummels this guy and and then like you know the statement is look you don't play boxing so and it's over uh, that's that's right. what i'm not gonna watch it but i'm hoping that's the outcome right well, exactly we got, smoke, we got smoke in to pay for it so i'll be watching it um if anybody's in the boynton beach area we will be showing it on the jumbo screen <laughs> I, man, I wasn't I, wait i wasn't gonna say it you just said it because now i'm curious does is do, is anybody planning on being here to put up that jumbo screen yeah i'm one out. The one guy I know who knows how to do it's out sick. Yeah, I've done it a couple times with it alone. I know Eugene knows how to do it. So okay. we'll get it up. We'll get it going. All right. It, it'll always itching to come do something anyway. So yeah, like, if is. you need me, just call me. And, you know. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that being said, it's time to end our KMA show in our traditional fashion with a Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. <laughs> Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and all our KMA crew out there, this week's Cigar Insane Asylum inductee was just protecting himself and his property. A Florida man as we know most of our asylum stories start with, was accused of killing an iguana and is now facing charges of animal cruelty. P.J. Ninjala Patterson was arrested after allegedly beating, dragging, and kicking a three-foot iguana in Lake Worth, Florida. Man, this guy's around the corner. Right. Yeah. The animal died as Palm Beach County Animal Care and Control was transporting it to be euthanized euthanized. Patterson is fighting the charges based on Florida's... Really? He's fighting the charges based on Florida's stand-your-ground law. Florida's stand-your-ground law states deadly force can be used if a person reasonably believes that they are using... That they are... That uh, using or threatening... That using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm. Patterson said he was moving the iguana from a hazardous environment. However, his motion was denied. 
Congratulations, Mr. Patterson. You are, without a doubt, this week's inductee in a cigar insane asylum. I have to, I have to share a story. I, I have, I have uh, an iguana story from one of our, one of our regulars and, and loyal smoking customers, um, local guy, Castro. So something happens in Florida when it gets cold. The iguanas, I don't know, like go into this hibernative state or like freeze up and uh they fall out of trees that like literally i don't know if they're fro something happens uh, are you guys familiar yeah, with they, this or they no? can freeze and come back to life right they, they so, can fall they'll fall out of the trees they'll fall out of the trees yeah. yeah so um yeah. poor castro who just felt awful about you know these couple of laguanas that he saw that fell out of the trees and he assumed were dead and he then proceeded to go and uh bury the iguanas <laughs> thinking he was doing a nice thing oh for my these God. dead iguanas and in turn he actually buried a couple of iguanas alive wow <laughs> did they get out i don't know i don't know but, wow uh, but that's the story well you know that's it's a funny terrible story because i even pointed them out yesterday when i was driving with my parents if you come out of boynton beach and, and you go west there's like a two mile like uh, you know, a mile at least long, like lake or inner waterway system. I know exactly where you're talking about. By, by this, everywhere. by the brush of huge bushes, right? And during the summer, I'm telling you, because I've walked it that path, you will see the grass shimmer as you're walking up. And that shimmer is literally the heads of hundreds, hundreds. There, yesterday we saw about maybe 10 of them. Their green heads just pop out All of the right. grass. But what they yep. do is they come out of the water, they come out of the shrubs, and the sun bakes right there, and they all just sit there absorbing the sun. And, and as long as nothing's going around, the cars driving by don't bother them, they will just sit there. But the second somebody starts walking up, that's when you see the grass start shimmying because they're start, their heads start yep. figuring out. And then you will see this mass exodus of like a 100 iguanas just scurrying back into the shrub and waters. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing to see. So what do you guys got going on this weekend? Anything? Uh, no, not much for me. I mean, I'll just, I'll be here tomorrow night for the fight, but otherwise, you know, kind of a relaxed weekend. I think I'm going to get some uh, some dinner tonight with the good doctor, actually. We're going to go hit up Kapow. With the oh, lives. nice. Ooh, one of yeah. our favorite place. Doc from here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, nice. Good, good. Um, yeah, uh, we're, I'm going over. Uh, the fight's tomorrow night, right? Tomorrow night, yeah. All right, perfect, because our kids got recitals, uh, and after that, we'll, I mean, I'll bring the old man. We'll head down here and watch the fight afterwards. How about you, Coop? Oh, your dad's in town? Mom and yeah. dad are in town, yes. They oh, saw yeah. us in Vegas, but they wanted to see the grandkids, so you know, they came to hang out with the grandkids a little bit. What do you got going on, Coop? Oh, you know, we just got back home, so it's going to be a very easy weekend around the house, kind of unpacking some stuff and just catching up on some stuff around here, so... Uh, very key this week after two active weeks. All right. Well, we won't even ask Paul because I don't want to get depressed. So that being said, we hope everybody had a great KMA show with us today. It was a very uh, interesting and very fun show for us. Big thanks to Vic Stibetetto, Vic Stibetetto yeah, one more great. time. Thank you for coming on. We hope we entertained you, we made you laugh, and that you had a great show. Next week on KMA Talk Radio, first-timer. Love when we have a first-timer. Benjamin Holt of Dissident Cigars should be an interesting show. Have you had him on your show, Coop? Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. Uh, got some really good cigars. So, yeah, he's been on. 
great. So Coop actually, Coop actually helped me uh, find this guest. So he he told me he'll be a great. I should just start so sending your excited. check to Coop every week. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I hope you had a great show. We will see you guys next week. Keep it lit. Keep it lit. <laughs>